This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest. Match preview podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and along with Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff, it's time to build you up to, well, what appears to be a very, very daunting trip to Old Trafford. Being good news, I've just been informed in my ear that Millwall are currently losing 4-0 at Fulham. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, that is my um, utmost attempt at positivity after the weekend that was Sheffield United away. Um, Heskiff, thank you for joining. You're most welcome. Uh, you <laughs> you were at Sheffield United on the weekend. Um, well, saw you there on the train. Yeah. Uh, you had a you had a lot of fun. Uh, did you did you spend much time with your friends? Well, you know, we often say that when you go to Palace games and Palace are crap and, you know, lose and you don't have much to, to go and have fun with. The best part of the day is always spending time with your mates because then you say, like, you have a laugh, the game itself was shit, but, you know, it was a good day out. So didn't sit with my mates on the train. Um, sat with Vanessa, obviously. She's my best friend. Just I know she's listening. 
and will probably hit me on the tube when she listens to this bit. Um, but we didn't sit with him on the train. And then when we got to the ground, we were divvying up the tickets that our mate Dan Gilbert had bought. And he, it, when he was handing them out, we saw that none of them were together. And he assured us that there was no box to click that said pick seats together, uh, which is obviously a lie because it's automatically ticked. So I think really he hates us all and wants to make our day even even more uh, shit. And um, at some point, what was it? Someone said that you might need to calm down. Oh, apparently. It's hearsay. It's hearsay. I am always very calm. Um, you know, it doesn't annoy me when the 75th pass in a row goes to the opposition or, you know, we're offside again or PVA runs off nowhere near the ball. It, it doesn't bother me. I never get angry. <laughs> yeah, so I was reliably informed on the train on the way back that um, we're shown a picture of Sam Heskiff looking very, very furious. And uh, someone further down the road had said, I think that guy needs to calm down or he's going to have a heart attack, <laughs> which, you know, probably after this many years, I think you might be um, immune to heart attacks. Uh, that's been a very long way around getting to Albert. Albert, thank you for joining. It's all right, mate. It sounds like you're wrapping it up already. So <laughs> th thank thanking us like we're not even going to bother talking about anything football related, which I'd be all right with, to be honest. Yeah, it's... Um, mm. I mean, we pretty much know that they're going to play 4-4-2. It's going to be the same team and we're probably going to lose. So uh, I think we could probably wrap it up there, but we won't. We can um, pretend that there's some people out there that actually want to listen to us. And some of those people out there have been on my case and having a go at me for not doing this. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Yes, it's the return of Beer Check. Um, thankfully, Albert, you, you, you have a beer, right? I do. It's a happy, happy coincidence. Um, it's not just any, it's not just any lager. This is a Marks and Spencer's British lager. Well, the best brand of all, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, one could I say. agree with you, mate. <laughs> and, and how is it? Yeah, it's not too bad, mate. I mean, it's, it's from Woodford's Brewery in Woodbastwick, Norfolk. As you know, the well-renowned Wood, you know, Bast Wood Bastwick. Wood Wood Bast, yeah, W O Double O D B A S T Wick. Wood Bastwick. Well, there you go. In Nor Norfolk. In so. Norfolk. Um, and Heskiff, what about you? Well, it's one of two, isn't it? I'm drinking a red stripe. <laughs> the good old red stripe, trusty old. On, on offer at Sainsbury's as always. Um, I have No wonder you're angry. <laughs> now, uh, we didn't do it last week, but I was drinking a beer and I someone asked me on Twitter what beer I was drinking. It was at um, <laughs> Digital IPA by um, Yeasty Boys. What, what did you suggest that was? Bert, me hitting hips to level 38 or something? And some, more than 38. <laughs> what the heck? Yeasty, What's it called again? Yeasty Boys. That's fine, but was was the first word digi? Digital. As in, did you, I mean, what is the, what the f is that on a beer? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but this week, I, I've got an indie lager. It's by the Four Pure Brewery, um, which you know is a Bermondsey brewery, one of those ones down the archways under there, and it's it's quite delicious. Um, it's indie lager. Is, is that is that hipster? I don't know. 
Well, yeah, I guess so. Indy, you know, Indy's fairly hipster, isn't it? I guess. Well, it certainly was back in the day. Yeah, back in 2002 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I suppose we should start talking about some Crystal Palace related stuff. Um, Dougie Friedman was on a podcast this week called Balance um, by a guy called uh James Gill, I believe, who used to work for the Croydon Advertiser, apparently, and um, in his time at working at Croydon Advertiser, became a Crystal Palace fan. And uh, Freeman was on there with uh, G- Gavin he- Hero talking about um, their business. If Palace fans amongst us will remember Hero playing for the youth team, but not quite making the cut into the first team, and um, as a result, Freeman and Hero started a business uh, which basically gets players that don't quite make it um, and get released when they're young, um, gets them into work, basically, most of it around uh, personal training and stuff like that. I think it's called Fitness Focus UK, so if you want to go and have a look at that, you can. But obviously, they touched on some Palace-related things, and it was recorded just before the transfer window started. And this was quite the amazing comments from Dougie Friedman, which said, we know every player in the top two divisions in the world in basically suggesting that they have notes on every single player in the top two divisions in the world. Uh, you buying that, Bertie? Uh, I mean, isn't that, that's the sort of stuff that's already available on something like Championship Manager, isn't it? Not that I've, I've, I've played it in the last 10 years, but it doesn't sound like the biggest brag. It's not the Southampton black box, is it? No, I mean, it, it does stink of a computer game database, to be honest. <laughs> and what are the notes? Sergio Aguero, really good. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't afford him. Kevin De Bruyne, really good. Can't afford do him. Do not buy I don't ca- after every Do player. not buy <laughs> Unless central midfielder and then underlined in red. Yeah. In- injury prone. <laughs> Hasn't played in three years. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, so well, it was uh, it was quite the bold claim, and um, it kind of it you know being recorded before the transfer window closed, it kind of even makes more of a mockery of the transfer window that we ended up having and not being able to get in a right back or get in a striker, which um, was so evidently clear that we were missing at Sheffield United on the weekend, and um, yeah, I you know they need to really dive into that database and look and flick through those notes and find who they're looking for. Right. Albert. Can I just ask what, what was the, what was the business model that you were saying they, they set up? So they play youth team players who basically get released before they come professional. It's basically to help them along in the next stage of their life. And it's mostly around giving um, them the ability to become personal trainers so they can have a sort of job that they go into. I see. Do you think? Do you think that was a, a long term plan for for Sorlot? Do you think Freeman thought he'd be a good personal trainer? I'll tell you what, <laughs> he, he get him in, he, and when it doesn't work out, there's a job for him, and I'll take ten percent. And he's um, it looked great on the posters, all of the the leaflets they give out and stuff. Uh, he's nice square jawline. It looked great. Yeah, if he if 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 his career isn't in personal training, I mean he's he's the archetype, isn't he? Really. Well, we laugh at Alex so a lot, but um, at time of recording, he's now he's now three and three. Uh, laugh at your peril, mate, for his new club. Um, uh, and he's also now been joined by Daniel Sturridge, uh, who is also signed. So it will be the old SAS up front, <laughs> Alex <laughs> Daniel Sturridge. 
Um, in a sort of alternative universe, Heskiff, that that could have ended up being our front line. Yeah, I mean, when we were nearing the end of the transfer window, I was scouring the free transfer list, uh, and a few people had mentioned Sturridge, but obviously he's he's injury prone. So, like I said, I'm surprised we've not gone in for him. To be fair. Um, Sam, was that on your list of all the players from the top two divisions in the in the world? It actually was. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't have any red underlined, so I'm assuming he's not in a position that we need um, a goal scoring striker. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound like it. Injury prone. That 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 bit ticks some boxes. Injury, injury prone, big tick. Scores goals. Strike him off. Strike off, or you know, just any striker that does score goals comes to the striker graveyard that is Crystal Palace. And to be fair, when he scores, he does that celebration, which I cannot abide. I... So that probably is that probably is in the con column it for is. me I in the Daniel Sturridge database. I fucking hate that celebration. So, have you seen the gif of him of Roy Hodgson's head on his body as he's doing it? Absolutely not. How have you, how have you not seen this? Right, we're gonna. We're going to live do this gif so we can get Albert's reaction to <laughs> what is a fantastic um, search. So if you just simply go into WhatsApp, you type in Hodgson, Hodgson, and I'm sure it will come up. And nope, it's 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 done me. It's not come up, but you can you can certainly look for it. And it is, um, and I think it's actually a goal that Sturridge scored at Sellers Park as well in this gif as well. So we'll find that for you later to have a look at. But, you know, Palace fans, if you want to go and pretend we're in Europe, you can go and watch uh, Sirlot play up front with Sturridge at um, Trabzonspor. Is is that, is that how you say it? I don't know. It might be Trabzonspor. If I've butchered that, well, you know, Brexit means Brexit. And um, <laughs> a certain Ian, Holl- <laughs> Ian Holloway has um, blamed VAR on Brexit. I hope we get out Brexit because that's what the people are voting for and sorting that out because you cannot have someone telling us how to do our own game. Uh, Albert, any thoughts on that? Uh, the, the, the sad thing is, it's not the most outrageous claim I've heard slung at the whole EU Brexit scenario over the last three years, um, but it is quite special. I don't know. I, I mean, he, he's, he's known for his witty barbs and, you know, his, obviously his his one-liners are renowned throughout the land, but I don't know if he's got himself a little bit mixed up. But yeah, I mean, we can't we can't even stretch that far. Even even the the firmest uh, leave support would 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 surely smirk upon the claim that that Donald Tusk <laughs> is is this is in amidst all this chaos is somewhere in a darkened room looking to see if Raheem Sterling's armpit is offside. <laughs> Uh, well, let's touch on VAR a little bit. Obviously, we've not had any major decisions yet. Um, Haskiv, did you catch the, the Man United game on Monday night? Uh, I didn't, unfortunately. So if you're going to ask a question about it... No, it's just, I, well, I mean, I assume everyone's seen the goal of Ruben Neves equalising, scoring from the edge of the penalty area, curling the ball into the top corner. And it, yeah. it's an absolute thing of beauty. And then all of a sudden, the game's not restarting and VAR are checking to see if it's a goal. To which everyone is just like, what? Like, what could possibly have gone wrong here? So they find out they're checking for an offside where the corner got paid into the near post, and then the Wolves player plays it back to the guy who's uh, 
who returns, who took the corner and is about to cost the ball in. Now, it, it blew my mind on the grounds that I found out that there was something that I do not know about the offside rule, which is the direction of the pass does not matter. Does that make sense, Albert? So whether the pass has uh, gone I've, forwards, I've backwards or sideways, it doesn't matter. You can be offside from any of those passes. What? Uh, my head hurts. So if essentially if two players are off offside, but one of them passes technically backwards to the other one who's offside, that is offside. Yeah, so if if you say if you're I'm standing on the penalty spot and you're standing on the six yard line and we're both offside if i pass it backwards the 18 yard line and then you run back and collect it you're offside oh right i see i I always believed that sideways or backwards passes you couldn't be offside but i've worked out i've just assumed that because usually that happens when the person's behind the ball that you're passing to and you can't be offside then so it turns so basically this guy was almost it was a sideways pass to him and he was basically level with him. And again, they pulled out the line and they was measuring his armpit. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're looking to see if his armpit is offside, which thankfully it wasn't by about one millimeter. So basically the reverse scenario of Raheem Sterling's run. And they would have legitimately disallowed that brilliant strike from the edge of the penalty area because an armpit was offside. Um Offside is offside. You got to draw. You have to have. You got to draw the line somewhere. Unfortunately, but I'm all. For you think it. the line's in the right place at an armpit? Well, yeah, because t- you know, technically, technically, you're allowed to make contact with the ball with your shoulder. Although Wambasaka did in that game and got booked <laughs> for it. You know, and that's under your shoulder. So if it's a goal, if it's a goal scoring part of the body, technically, you know, I know, I know, it's, it's it seems cruel. But everyone says, oh, you know, there needs to be a, a, a margin or there needs to be daylight. But at, at some point, you can still only be offside by a centimetre. So I think, you know, there's no grey area. If there's any part of you that is offside that you can score with, that has to be offside. It's the, it's the only it's the only black and white way that you can you can make that rule as far as I'm I, concerned. I, I, think the, I think it needs a change on the grounds that the reason it was brought in as you could be level and not be offside, which was, you know, circa what, 1992 off the back of Italian 90 being awful and hardly any goal was being scored. Um, You've now basically regressed back to 1992 because you can't be level anymore because if your armpit's offside, you're offside. So you can't be level anymore. You're going to have to start behind because it's just you're going to be offside basically because it's so easy for a little tiny part of you to stray. For me, I think uh, the rule needs to move back to be, it needs to change to being feet only. So it doesn't matter how far you're leaning forward. I think it should be where your foot's grounded. grounded. And even arguably, um, because you know football, we want it to be an attacking, free-flowing game and see goals. Arguably, just one foot has to be onside would be good enough for me in terms of as long as you've got one foot grounded in an onside position I think that should be fair enough any thoughts on that Heskiff? Um Yeah I suppose I mean you you want goals don't you I'd probably argue the opposite if it was against Palace but Yeah when when Martial is like armpits offside by a millimetre Old Trafford on the weekend we'll all be loving it Absolutely <laughs> well, um, well except from we'll already be 4-0 down so it won't matter Oh God! <laughs> Depressed already. 
Um, I, I mean, I've never, I've said this, I'm pretty sure I said this last year, I'm not like a huge VAR fan. And I saw a few people saying, you know, the Wolves fans were cheering because they'd scored and then they had to stop and then they started chanting anti-VAR songs, basically because it sort of robbed them of a legitimate celebration. Mm. Um, which is a problem. Like, no, I'm hoping that it all sort of settles down you know, by the end of the season or whatever. But I did see something, I think, on Sky where they said someone reckons it's going to take 10 years for VAR to be fully, you know, properly operational and, and not have any controversy. So we'll probably be talking about this when Albert's in his 50s. <laughs> not quite. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, uh, I love the way you politely said they're singing anti-VAR songs. What they were singing was, VAR. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, so let's look ahead to Old Trafford on the weekend. And um, I think we'll do this by glancing back to Sunday's abysmal performance at Sheffield United. And the first the first thing that, you know, Camarasa had... Um, There'd been rumours that he was hobbling around in an under-23 game earlier in the week. So when the team was announced and Camarasa was nowhere to be seen in the squad, we all just assumed that, you know, that knock kept him out of this game. Uh, but then, Heskiff, we find out that, no, he travelled, he was fit to play, he was just left out of the 18. Um, initial thoughts? Really disappointed. Really disappointed. I think especially even before the game, you know, it's a shame that he's not playing because we know he's a creative midfielder that we think is something really that we've we've been missing for a little bit. Um, so obviously, yeah, like you say, when we thought he was injured, you say fair enough. Um, but then when we found out that he wasn't, he just wasn't selected. When you think about how the game went and how we performed, um, which was awful, and with without direction and without any spark whatsoever. Um, it does make it very disappointing that he wasn't even an option that we could bring on. Um, I'm sure we'll go and talk about the, the odd subs that were made anyway, but yeah, he's the sort of player you would think if he can sort of bring, bring a bit of magic out of nothing that was needed because nothing was happening from our team. You know, we were creating nothing. Our passing was atrocious. We didn't look like we were going to do anything. So to have the option of someone who can potentially change that and not even put him on the bench was pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's, it was crying out for something different. And then the substitutions occurred and nothing changed. And Albert, you, we we know that Camarasa is a central midfielder that has creativity and has the ability to score from the edge of the box and has the ability to open teams up with, with passes. Um, but you'd bring on James McCarthy, wouldn't you? Why not? Well, that's what Roy would do, clearly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to necessarily jump on the. Oh, it's an outrage that he wasn't in the squad uh, bandwagon. You know, he, he had played in an under twenty three game, and I know, uh, yeah, he, he's fit. I'm sure, um, but you know, he's only been at the club a, a few. He, he is very fit. He's, he is he very is fit. Muffing, um, <laughs> but you know, he's only been at the club a couple of weeks. Might not have integrated. Might not be up to f- f- you know full match fitness. And he had played already that week, so, you know. So I, th- I think maybe people are potentially 
looking into it a bit too much or, you know, reaching for something that's not there. You know, Max Meyer's meant to be a, a, a very creative, influential midfielder. You know, he started the game. Um, so, you know, if, if it's an, if it's a recurring theme and he's not, he's not on the bench this weekend and he's not on the bench the following weekend, then yeah, you know, there's something wrong, but based on one admittedly very poor performance, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sold that having Camarasa on the bench or even the starting lineup would have, would have made any, any difference, to be honest, it was just abject all over. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that Sheffield United wanted it so much more than us, of which Patrick Van Arnholt actually tweeted that, which I think kind of admitting that in such a social forum is suicide. And I think he's ended up having to block loads of people on Twitter because I've been seeing many, many people bragging that they're in the Patrick Van Arnold block club, um, which is probably more blocks than Van Arnold gets in, in than <laughs> normal. But <laughs> but um, at least with Victor Camarasa, a bit like James McCarthy showed when he come on, I think there would have been a bit more hunger there. And um, we'll touch on McCarthy now in, as one of the subs that came on. Uh, Heskiff, have you ever seen a moment when that Bulldog left it late on him, who I found out is the brother of Bulldog that was at Bristol City paraded around the field uh, like he was messy in that infamous 4-1 defeat at um, Ashton Gate? before they then sold us Balassi a couple of days later for about 10 quid. Um, but, I mean, he should have, we can touch on the referee a little bit, he should have been sent off already. Um, it already been repeated failing all the time and the referee had let him get away with murder, basically, before he left one on, on James McCarthy. But I've never seen a moment in a game where you've been so lacklustre and then James McCarthy gets left, gets mullered late after the ball's gone. And he gets up and he gets in the guy's face. He grabs him by the throat. That should be the moment that spurred us on in that game and kick-started us to getting into the match. But other than McCarthy, no one else backed it and it just fell flat. Yeah, which is awful. I mean, like you say, PVA saying, well, Sheffield United wanted it more. You know, there's two things with that. Firstly, why did they want it more? I mean, that shouldn't. we shouldn't ever say we were out-battled. You know, we lost because we didn't. We didn't battle. We didn't try. That should never happen. Um, but also, them wanting it more shouldn't mean that we can't pass the ball to each other. <laughs> um, and like you say, I, you know, when when that foul went in on McCarthy, which was so late that I didn't even see it. Mm. Um, I've seen it back since, and it was a ter- terrible, terrible tackle. Um, the one thing that I did like was McCarthy's reaction because you're like, right, someone's got some bollocks, and someone's going to get in their face and get pissed off. Um, and like you say, it, that would be the perfect sort of catalyst for the rest of the team to say, like, right, let's have it. Let's, you know, even if we have to go more direct, which even when we brought on Wickham, we didn't really seem to do. Um, you know, let's just do something to get in amongst it, even if it's like giving them a little kick or, you know, doing something a bit cynical like that. But it just didn't seem to happen. We just sort of petered out almost immediately and, you know, the... the how the game had gone just resumed for the rest of the match. Yeah, and um, he won a lot of fans instantly, McCarthy and his reaction to that. And Albert, is could he bring something that we've been missing basically since Jednak went in terms of a big character in the mid, middle of the park who isn't going to take any nonsense and stamp his mark on a game in, in more ways than one? Um, especially in, the, you know, Luka Milivojevic is supposed to be this big, tough Serbian, but 
in reality, um, he's he's a bit of a pussycat. I was literally about to say the word pussycat, and you got there just in time. Um, I, I, listen, I, I hope you're right. I mean, he certainly brings, and I know it kind of goes against the whole he's not really played in the last three years, but you know he's been around the Premier League long enough. So even if it's to, you know to a lesser extent like Gary Cahill, if he if he can just bring a bit of ex, bit of experience. Um, and yeah, a bit. You know, we we definitely lack a bit of backbone. Um, I don't know what um, Czech Kiate's done to sort of not really warrant any performances because he he falls into the same bracket. You know, Premier League experienced big lad likes to sort of you know get, get stuck in and and is is a real imposing sort of presence when he's on the pitch. Um, but he's another one that seems to sort of be falling foul of um, Roy's cold shoulder. So if McCarthy stays fit. Yeah, that, that that I think that's all the hopes that we can have for him, really. Yeah, I'm hoping that Kiate is just he's getting an extra rest after the Afcon because he did make the final and he played pretty much. Uh, I think he was on the bench for the first game, but came on after ten minutes because of an injury and then played pretty much every minute of that. So I'm just hoping that he's just being given a little bit of extra time to recover because. Again, I think he's someone who offers a little something a little bit different in the midfield for us. Um, you know, he likes to break the lines and stride forward a bit, and um, that's not something that really exists at the moment within our midfield because with each week it seems like MacArthur is less and less of a box-to-box midfielder and doesn't even look like the person who can get in the box and score goals as we saw from a couple of seasons ago. So, um, yeah, it seems. Uh, we we have a lot of options in central midfield, but at the moment he's sticking to everyone that's a bit like for like and a bit samey. And I guess the same is going to be said for this weekend. We we can pretty much know what the tactics are going to be and how we're going to likely set up. Um, the question is, Heskith, is can those tactics get a result at Old Trafford? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, we're usually uh, we're usually quite hard to break down. I think last year with our first choice defence, we, we were very good at the back, and I felt a lot more confident that we wouldn't get a paste in. But the way that this year has started, this season, you know, we played we played right against Everton, um, but the Sheffield United result. You know, after the first half, you, you sort of say we can't get any worse, and then we did. So I'm loath to say we can't play worse than we did on Sunday because it's quite possible that we can. Um, I think he'll probably make some changes. I think Schlupp will probably come in for Maya. Um, but defensively, he's not going to change the personnel, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I would like Cahill to come in. And I thought Cahill was actually going to come in against Sheffield United and didn't. Um, but I think he'll just set up basically to try and contain and not lose and then hope for the best. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's going to work. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar approach to when we went to Old Trafford last season and got the nil-nil and probably should have won when Andres Townsend got through and slotted the ball wide. Um, <laughs> talking of Andres Townsend, he, um, he wasn't uh, immune from the the barrels from the crowd on the weekend, getting a lot of abuse. And his dad was sat in the seat um, a couple of down, a couple of seats down in the row behind me. And he took it very well, just stood there in silence as you know people called him his son all sorts of expletives. 
And then further, we should probably touch on that he's been nominated for the Puskas Award. Um, yeah, let's talk about that because that's some that's some positivity. Albert, do you do you look at that list and think it's it belongs on there? Uh, you'd have to tell me what else is on the list. To be honest, well, basically the the list is of nine other players. Admittedly, two are Ibrahimovic and Lionel Messi. Who? Uh, basically, yeah, well, yeah, exactly, and. Um, but the other nine goals are all goals scored against nobodies, basically. And Andros Townsend's goal is scored against, you know, arguably the best team in Europe. So, uh, so the, the answer is yes, it belongs on that. Well, yeah, he got he got he got stiffed over the goal of the season by the uh, match of the day pundits. Not that I got particularly riled about it because haters going to hate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, co- yeah. Listen, by all means, it deserves to be on 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 any shortlist that contains the words best goals of, you know, last season. Uh, it has to be a contender anywhere in the world. It's, you know, all the clips that are resurfacing of it now, you still, still, you know, in slow motion, when, you know, when that ball's just dropping, it's it's such a fantastic strike. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I will never forget being directly behind it at the other end of the ground and just, seeing it leave his foot and just as soon as it wobbled in the air it just you knew it was in it was it was a really surreal experience as well just because we went 2-1 up <laughs> we'd gone 1-0 down at Man City and as soon as that happens you're expecting a 5 or 6-0 pasting as we've got there in previous years and um, then all of a sudden in the space of a few minutes to come back from behind um, with just the go-ahead goal being and one of the best goals you're ever likely to see live was with something special. Heskiff, it's, it's a public vote. Um, so do you think this gives him a chance? I think there's gonna there's been a lot of push from the Premier League to try and get him votes. So um could be in with a shout of winning. Yeah, I mean, normally I would say Arsenal are going to win because they win every online vote. But I don't think they're an option this time. So I think Andros is probably in with a chance. Well, it was won by Mohamed Salah last season. Um, and it was... To be fair, a, a bang average goal in my mind. I don't think it was uh, worthy of winning World Goal of the Year. So um, I think this is a much better strike. So hopefully um, everyone will get on board and vote for him. Um, go to all sorts of social media outlets. Just type in Puskas Goal of the Year and you'll be able to vote for Andros Townsend there. Although, Albert, you do need to give personal details to FIFA. Do you think this is a good idea? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Indeed. Um, right. What, what should we touch on now? Right. Jordan Ayew. Let's go. Let's go there. Um, Heskiff, he didn't even get a look in against Sheffield United on the weekend, despite being a um, man of the match contender in the opening game against Everton. In this 4 4 2 formation that uh, Roy Hodgson wants to play, um, is Jordan Ayew key to it in the grounds that he defends so well from the front? I think he can be a very important player in it, yeah. Um, like you say, I think he was well, he was man of the match for me um, against Everton. I thought he was really good. And um, I think I said in the pod last week that I thought Wilf would come in for him and that he'd be very un, you know, very unlucky if that was the case. Um, and I think he can feel very hard done by for not being brought on because, um, like I say, we brought on Wickham. And we had two big guys up front and we did nothing to change the way we were playing. And I think if we'd have brought on Ayu there to, you know, press and harry the opposition and make them do something, you know, give them something to think about, cliched as it is, 
I'm not saying we would have got anything from the game, but I think it mixes it up a little bit in the way that bringing on Wickham didn't. Um, and I think, yeah, if if he plays against Man United, I think he'll have good energy. Like you say, he'll cover back well, which <clears throat> with the full-backs that we have at the moment, I think we're going to need as much covering as humanly possible. <laughs> um, although I do remember last year at Old Trafford, one of their defenders knackered his hamstring and still managed to overtake Jordan Ayew. <laughs> so hopefully that level of fitness is, is a little different this year. Yeah, that was... Literally, I'm just remembering that all over again and I'm mad again. <laughs> but, but, but I think, you know, obviously we're going by the Everton performance, um, talking about him this season. But you know, when he when he puts in a lot of effort, I think he's a he's a he's a good player. I think the issue that a few of us had last year was he seemed like he didn't really give a give a damn early early on. And to be fair, he did he did improve. So I think he'd be a good player to have in. But then you have to sort of think about who's going to drop out of the team if if he comes in. Yeah, can you see Albert a Jordan Ayew and Wilfred Zaha front line? Do you think Roy would be that bolshie, or you think he's it's going to be Benteke regardless? Yeah, I think Roy is going to play the margins and Benteke is going to be leading the line, um, loose term, uh, <laughs> because we're going to be looking to get it. You know, we're going to, I mean, we're going to have to get it up the field, get it away from our back line because they're going to press us, especially in probably the fullback area. Um, and you, you can't lump it up to nobody. Um, so the next best thing is Christian Benteke at the moment. Mm, it certainly is uh, but <sighs> crosses we've got to get crosses in the box um, Sorlot's gone away to a different team and he's got three and three all headers from crosses into the box well two of them are to be fair um, but, and it's Benteke that would be Benteke Shrimp so um, I actually in in a drunken rage tweeted <laughs> Wilfred Zaha and Address Townsend and begged them to to cross the ball. Um, I apologise for anyone who had to read that tweet <laughs> because um, you shouldn't be tweeting players and telling them what to do in that sense. But I did, um, and my sentiment is still there. Please start crossing the ball if it's going to be Christian Benteke. Please start crossing the ball into the box. Um, watching Man United on Monday. Um, United are playing with Martial and Rashford up front at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Sam Heskiff, they have this this great tendency to pull out to the left, um, which is you know means they're going to be overloading the position with sure overlapping that uh, Joel Wall takes up residence in. Oh, Joel! Mm. Now Sheffield United, obviously, everything we needed in the summer: um, a striker that scores goals. Uh, I think we had three or four shots on goal and we have the fewest amount of efforts on goal in the Premier League this season. And of course, uh, a right back or indeed full backs. And um, it was Joel Wald who was undone for the goal. Again, that's against Sheffield United. So how do you think he's going to handle the likes of Martial and Rashford? Well, it's going to be very tough. You know, we, I think we used, over the last year and a half, we're used to having had wan you just think, well, you know, no one's going to get past him. You've seen really good players struggle to to beat him. So you just sort of take it for granted. And not that I don't like Joel Ward, because I, I think Joel Ward, you know, has been great for us. Um, but, you know, playing against the players that you've named in a, in a system where they can hit you with pace. Um, I saw their goal against Wolves and it was a brilliant goal. 
And I think if they put moves together like that down down either side, Ward or um or Van Arnholt, you know, I think we're in I think we're in real trouble and it just again like you say, it highlights the positions and the problems that we all knew needed to be addressed in the summer. Um and you know, I'm sure none of us take great pleasure in saying, you know, what we thought was gonna be terrible has been pretty bad and that we were right. But yeah, it's highlighting the issues that were glaringly obvious and unfortunately they're you know, biting us on the arse already. Mm. So <sighs> Amran Mambasaka is obviously going to be playing for Manchester United. Um, kind of, a, I would say, a solid start to his Manchester United career. Um, although apparently some people have been getting on his back for various things, uh, getting caught out of position and whatever. Although I think he's playing a much higher line than he played for Palace. But one thing I noticed against Sheffield United jumped off the page to me was that <laughs> Joel Ward was the player who touched the most in a Crystal Palace shirt. Um, and he's being... Roy Hodgson's asking him to do pretty much the same job that Aaron Wan-Bissaka was doing. And Albert, is, does this just not seem ridiculous that it's the ultimate square, square peg in a round hole kind of scenario? It's like asking a gynecologist to do your dentistry work, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty good analogy, yeah. Um, Joel Wall, listen, I, I, I sat here and said that Joel Wall, I thought, did really well against Everton. Um and I, I wasn't disappointed, you know, to see him back because I thought he acquitted himself well, looked very composed, looked very capable. Obviously, a completely different player to Wambasaka in every in every respect, but seemed to slot back in quite nicely. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think this is a this is because of any limitations that Joe Ward might have. I think it's more to do with the system that Sheffield United were playing and our overall tactical inability to deal with it. Um, you know, he got he got really exposed um, at the weekend yeah, for mm. the goal, especially. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm, you know, like I say, you look at the personnel that Man United are going to unleash against Joel Ward, and it, it, you know, there's nothing there that makes you think, oh, he'll be all right. Um, but you just have to hope that it's one of those one of those games, much like the Man City game that we've alluded to, that every everybody has a sort of eight or nine. Out of ten performance, but you know the odds on that are what they are. Yeah, well, hopefully um, everybody who attended the uh, Carnaby Street Puma Shop uh, player signing gave them a bit of a rocket, and hopefully they've been getting a rocket from Roy on the field uh, training field at Co- Co- Cooper's Cove, Cooper's Cove, Cooper's Cove. I never remember what it's called, and um, hopefully they'll be turning up at Old Trafford this weekend. And um, let's see if we can turn up with our predictions. Uh, Miserable Dave Perry was furious at us on the train on the way back that we all predicted victories last week. Um, he gave me a right earful on the train. So, <laughs> Albert, predict a loss, please. Uh, gladly. Uh, I think we are going to fall foul of a 3-0 defeat. 3-0. There you go, Heskiff. Albert keeps taking my predictions. Um, I am going to go for 3-0 as well. I think it's going to be a very comfortable home win. Um, I, I'm i going for something slightly less. I, I either think it's going to be 0-0 or 0-1. Um, 
uh, sorry, one nil. <laughs> not nil one. I don't. I, I can't see where a goal is coming from. Still, unless Manchester United really, really overcommit and leave a load of space in behind stupidly for us on, on some sort of counter. I can't see where a goal is coming from at the moment. So I don't think we'll score. But we defend narrow. We can keep tight and set up to absolutely stop the other team is what we will do against this this Manchester United outfit. I'm hoping we'll be able to scrape a nil-nil. But um, the pessimist in me will go for a one-nil Manchester United win. And it will probably be some sort of horrible defensive error a la Liverpool last season when we defended so well against Liverpool at Anfield uh, only for a, a momentary lapse allowing Mane to score I think it's going to be something along those lines so Dave Perry no more abuse from you please sir there are three predictions of defeats we'll be back after this Back at the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Okay, that's your lot for this week. Please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. I actually went and read some of those um, this weekend. Thank you for everyone who's left very, very kind messages. Um, they they were particularly friendly to you, Albert. Oh, really? Yeah. They were all, they were all signed after. <laughs> He's five. He hasn't got an iTunes account. So <laughs> stick that up your pipe. He's, he's, has he not got yours? Is he, are you not on like Apple Family or whatever? Absolutely not. Well, I am. And then the other, so f- basically you're allowed a certain amount of accounts, accounts on it and it gives you all sorts of stuff on iTunes or whatever. So I said to my sister, oh, I've got an account. You can join my account. On Sunday, I'm sitting opposite across her on the train on the way to Sheffield. And she says to me, did you pay Steve that 60 quid? To which I'm like, what what how would you know that i owe steve 60 quid and um turns out she has access to my calendar now in my in my phone <laughs> um it also turns out if she buys any apps i also have to pay for them um you got any ideas how to turn that off <laughs> me not me mate no <laughs> sounds like you can speak to heskiff uh, no, just pay him the money. Just pay, just pay. <laughs> never want to turn it off. Pay the More importantly, money. what's it for? I paid him the money. It was for we went to see Ireland, England at Lords. Um, the ticket was actually only thirty quid, uh, and which we got a fifteen percent, well, fifty percent discount on because we didn't see enough overs. And he also makes a very nice like lunch and stuff for us that we we eat inside the stadium, and. There is definitely not Mate. a full spot. <laughs> definitely not a full spot in his bags, which also has port and gin and champagne and all sorts. <laughs> Sounds on. all right, mate. Money well it's, spent. It's great. Nothing quite like a day out of Lords. Um, if Palace continue playing like this, I'll just go and start watching Middlesex instead or something like that. <laughs> because um, yeah, a lot a lot more fun can be had there. Um, right, next week we have got it's Aston Villa, I believe. Um, now, Heskiff, it could be a must-win game already. Can you believe it? Are we going to break the De Boer record of no no goals? Well, what's say it totaled seven in the end, didn't it? So it was four yes. under De Boer and three under Hodgson. Um, yes. Albert, if we've if we've got no goals come after Aston Villa, we are you getting worried? Mate, I'm worried now. <laughs> Forget Villa. 
forget I'm Villa. Worried. Look, I'm worried now. Look, we're we're gonna be all right, okay? It, you know how it is. This we're slow starters. We're gonna end up finishing somewhere around tenth uh, when we inevitably do some short termism in the January window and get someone like Mishi Batshuayi in to sort everything out. Um, to everyone who is traveling up to Old Trafford on the weekend, of us three, I think it's only me. I salute you. I will see you there. Um, if you're not going, um, head over to Bromley. They're at home to Boreham Wood this weekend. Um, we're going to go and be bored at Old Trafford and you can go and watch Boreham Wood at Bromley um, if you're a Crystal Palace season ticket holder or maybe a member as well because they seem to get everything to members. Um, you can get discounted prices on the ticket, so head over there. Um, listen to the review show on Sunday where Hambo will be joined by a panel of illustrious uh, Back of the Nest members. Uh, thank you to Samantha for producing and until next week, up the Palace. But that's it now. These days, you can just pretty much put anything up on the internet and there's yeah. someone who will like it. Like Ian, Bo- Ian Botham's car. <laughs> um, allegedly? No, it wasn't even allegedly. It was just no, there. That, that was him. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by where I don't send that to someone. <laughs> I've, got it in, I've got it in my phone as a, in, a, in a specific folder that I can access got it, really quickly. Got it as a favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.